Greetings, welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Bags. I'm Bully. Jay. And uh, you've joined us tonight for uh, Season 2, Episode 6? What? Six. Six. Let's call it six, six unless it's seven. The Schizoid Man. And uh, my goodness, what an episode this one was. Ooh, to know this episode is to love, is this, to episode. love this episode. And to, to not lo- know this episode is to love this episode. Yeah. From afar. From afar. From afar. Wow. Um, <laughs> holy smokes. This episode is, it's it's a painful one at times, but it's got, I mean. It's got some real shining moments. Yeah. yeah. Um, not the least of which is like at the very beginning, pretty much, like right away we we head to data's quarters and he's invited jordy and troy to come by because he's he's got something to show and uh boy oh boy is it ever great uh our boy data is trying out a beard he's trying out riker's beard specifically Mm -hmm. holy man oh and it's wonderful it's it's terrible but it's wonderful it's 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 a thing of majesty it's so bad but so i mean it's so ridiculous to see him he he reminds me of that Will Ferrell character on Saturday Night Live, like the music teacher character. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. You know, or when Will Ferrell played the architect. Or, in... or even when he plays uh, James Lipton. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, exactly, exactly. It's just it's just this weird, unnatural uh, well, the, thing. It's really fake, right? Oh, yeah. And Jordy asked him if he damaged his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sick burn there on Jordy's part. That was great. Did you damage your face? No, it is a beard. But with a it, full dignified beard within the within the like the internal logic of Star Trek how do you think he got that beard um well I'm going to suggest that like his hair it's probably you know just artificial so he probably I mean maybe data just comes with a kit like he it's, can it's just, so you think so you he's think, like a woolly willy yeah exactly he can ju- <laughs> he can just you know add just hair magnetize at, some, uh, some hair okay will. so that's what I'm getting at is like so with data's the hair on his head right is it just attached to a, a scalp or yeah. does he have does he have hair follicles? I think like it's artificial just, hair follicles. I'm pretty sure it's just attached to the scalp because we often see Data's hair or you know scalp, scalp removed yeah. and like the hair. That's where his circuit. So if he is. wanted to change his, his hair, the hair on his head, his hairstyle, he mm-hmm. would have to remove that entire thing and then cook up something different and then attach yeah, it. He has right? like modular. Sure. So yeah. you don't you don't think he can like control his hair follicles and just grow them or shrink them? I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> I, I think that uh, that's going a little. So his hair can far. retract into his head or no. extend out. No, I don't. Think he's got sort of like, like the Plato mop top. Yeah, side. I don't think he's got like nano machines in there, like growing his hair out for him. Or that's anything. really disappointing because that's yeah. exactly what like, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, and and I mean, he is clearly trying to do Riker's beard. Yeah, right. And yeah, that is definitely the model for his beard. So, so you know, in that case, did he just replicate up a beard and then attach it to his face? I think so. I think that's exactly there? what he did. It looks like that's what he did because yeah. it has to be something that he could you know easily remove as well because right. you know I'm much like better like the idea of it being extendable or retractable. Yeah, like like him just consciously oh, yeah. growing it. Yeah, and it grows within it grows in it grows in like two or it takes like a minute and just extends out of his face. Yeah, he just like activated that. his yeah. beard subroutine. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. He, he just, you know, clicked the radio button for yes on beard and there set it, it was. set it to Riker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's probably like in his in his course, he's probably got like a character creator program <laughs> on his <laughs> on his personal computer that he can adjust his own physical features with. Absolutely. That'd be hilarious. And that being the case today. Being the case, I, I really wish they'd used it more. Yeah, now <laughs> they could have. They could have. If they established that, they 
basically could just change his look whenever they wanted yeah. spontaneously remember, like in the middle of an episode remember at the end of All Good Things when he or during All Good Things when he's got like the gray he's got that brutal like that, that brutal Bride of Frankenstein <laughs> scum yeah, stripe yeah. in his hair yeah so good yeah. But, so, uh, so like another thing this is obviously Riker's beard as we've said what does that say what does that say about how Data views Riker and, and how he wants to be viewed himself he views Riker as the alpha clearly well like and he, he obviously is yeah. <laughs> if, if, yeah. if like, I were to uh, there's more of Riker's scent around the ship than anyone yeah, else's yeah, face yeah, exactly. except maybe Worf like, yeah. if I were to uh, nah, like, Worf if, really wants to be the alpha dog and, and like in every moment we see a lot of that but he's he's usually shouted down and whimpering it's true it's <laughs> true if I were to like write fanfic about what was going through Data's mind like if I were gonna oh, write, God. write Data's by all means uh, what I would suggest <laughs> is that once Riker grew the beard, Data probably started researching beards. Like, it was probably mm. just a curiosity at first. He goes, huh, Riker has a beard now. And then, you know, Data being Data, will start to notice the way that Riker's interactions changed because of that. Like, people treat him, you know, this way now, as, as opposed to, you know, what right. they had before. And then he would start to look into the history of the beard. He would discover, you know, the, you know, this, the anthropological or sociological uh, history of the beard and like it's uh, it's as a symbol of authority or as a symbol of uh, intelligence. Very or sexfully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then from there he would start to consider his own self mm-hmm. and if perhaps this is something that he should look into. I really I like it. probably be very clinical on his part. I like the idea that Riker is the subject of this study and also his <clears throat> essentially his um, his inspiration. His senpai. Yeah, yeah, but like... <laughs> Notice me, Sentai. But it is the prototypical beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For him. Well, like Riker does have kind of almost the platonic ideal of beards. Not so much at this point, but he does yeah. get there, and he's there getting there a, at this point. There are mm. not a lot of beards in Star That's Trek true. either. Like, the only other guy we saw with a beard was uh, Chief Engineer Argyle. Yeah, and, and well, classically, we, we Jordy know... Jordy at different times? Yes. Jordy's beard is coming up after this That's episode. That's true. Jordy's just jealous. Yeah. Cause they, yeah, they do a Jordy episode in, like, in a little <laughs> bit where Jordy does the same thing, and, you know, it's just like what like you after the shit you gave data well do you figure it's it's kind of a thing that was just even going through the cast at that time like oh probably man Frakes looks pretty fucking decent with that beard maybe I should give (laughs) that a shot no the rest of them didn't realize they don't have godlike beards that's right yeah yeah you know Maria (laughs) Sirtis tried and she was like brutally disappointed (laughs) well and what what, what was it we were saying Something we're, we're talking about beards. I know, I know. <laughs> so something specific that I had in mind. Uh, I've lost it. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do want to mention Data's excellent quote. When I stroke the beard thusly, do I not appear more intellectual? <laughs> <laughs> so great. It's and really that, fantastic. And that was the point at which Deanna Troy had to excuse herself. Because she couldn't stop yeah, laughing. Yeah, she's like, excuse me, I have to go. <laughs> and, and Data's just like, the fuck? <laughs> What's going on? Troy, do you explain it? Why did she run away? <laughs> it's because you look ridiculous. I, I really wish they'd experimented more with this hairstyle in general. The, the thing about it is, it's because part of what makes it look so ridiculous is Data being so pale. Like, mm-hmm. Data is oh, stark yeah. white, and then to have... This really black beard. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, I mean, I mean, his hair, like, it suddenly his face is trapped mm-hmm. in, 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 like, this maw of black hair. Oh, uh, I know the other thing I was going to mention. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, prior to this, in terms of beards on Star Trek, 
we're, we're talking about evil versions of people. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That uh, quite often the, denoted the uh, mirror universe yeah, version yeah, of the character. Yeah, that's, the, that's the, the classic the evil goatee. facial hair goatee, you know? Now, we uh, were checking out the Memory Alpha on this episode, and we discovered something truly great about this oh scene. Oh, my God. A deleted, a deleted scene, which... Did, Heartbreaking. You know. Yeah, because... Uh, this would have catapulted the episode from good to <laughs> magnificent. Epic. Yeah, oh like my th- God. this would have made it possibly the greatest episode ever. Because after the failure of the beard, Data was going to try again to emulate Picard this time. And have a bald head. Yeah, and his hair. Bald Data. Oh my we God. missed out on bald Data, dear listener. We didn't miss out. We were denied. We were denied bald Data. And I, I don't know if I will ever truly forgive. <laughs> no. Next gen for that. No. Like, I feel personally. It, it would have been so glorious to have both the beard and then bald data oh, man. just juxtaposed in this episode. That, that would have been so magical. Now, do you think they would have just gone like Picard, like with the horseshoe of hair, or would they have gone full on bald, like Ilea bald? I think it, it said Picard. The, the, yeah. the note yeah. said that it was to look like Picard. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I think he definitely would have been directly emulating Picard's so hair. The question then becomes would his hair stay, you know, that brown black or would he he have lightened his hair you know because that's that's the other thing right is like Uh, that's what i was saying before like data should be fully capable of changing his appearance Mm -hmm. whenever he wants more or less including his hair color he pretty much is he just doesn't you know it's he just he's just not capable of doing it the way you want him to be able to do it (laughs) like by just like you know deciding and having the hair change automatically i mean clearly that's that's how i want it to go down but but i would be fine if just now and again he just it was just different and however he he gets to that point Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. he never changes it ever well I think that's you know by design too it's like they want to you know it's part of his character obviously (laughs) that you know Data doesn't succumb to that kind of stuff the way we do you know he doesn't feel the need to change his appearance I know, yeah, I know. But, uh... It man, and, like, been... Data go through his emo phase and have yeah. a swoop, or... This is me now! Oh, man, or, or a rat tail? <laughs> Dude! Oh, man. I want a Renny Levesque comb over. <laughs> maybe Data, maybe Data, like, just gets really deep into Beta Z culture for a while and just starts walking around the ship naked. <laughs> Or, no, he's got a uniform he has to observe. He's or or with crazy, yeah, his off hours. a crazy oh, yeah, yeah. jeweled bun? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, he could just have to rise there. Yeah. Oh, glorious. Oh, I wish. Yeah. I really wish. So, yeah. Um, so, as to the actual episode, I yes, guess. Aren't actually, we done? <laughs> yeah, we're done. I don't know. Playing. I mean, I could I could talk about the beard forever. <laughs> really, there's... I mean, <laughs> it was uh, pretty magnificent. Yeah. Aside from the beard, everything else is just kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rest of this episode is nasty crap. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the episode's kind of a wet fart after that the majesty of that beard. That's true. Um, this episode yeah. involves uh, a scientist named Ira Graves who lives on a planet, Graves Planet. Graves World. Graves World. Yeah, Graves World. Oh, man, I got sick of hearing them refer to it as Graves World. Like, I just wanted that to stop. But it didn't. It, it persisted. This is the most egotistical place on Earth. Exactly. Uh, this guy is supposed to be like the greatest genius in the galaxy or some shit. In terms shit. of cybernetics, and, he's uh, a cybernetics oh, specialist. We're getting like a, uh, a distress signal from his planet, so we better go check it out. No, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, good. But then, oh no, now we've got another distress signal. Competing distress signals! Uh, what are we going to do? And they decide that, uh, well, first we get this little speech from Pulaski about how all lives matter and shit. You know, it's like, you know, I don't care that it's great 
waves, a person is in trouble, and that's my priority one. And then we don't see her for the rest of the episode. Yes. She's just done. Well, she and the Enterprise go off to help this. Yeah, this. Yeah, but she the doesn't. The signal of the USS Constantinople. Well, when, once they come back, you know, she's just out of the episode. She's well, done. She's for there it. for a little is bit. Is she? Not a bit. much. Uh, I don't recall. At, at any rate, uh, the, it's decided that the away team will be dropped off in a near warp transport, which makes absolutely no sense. Uh, it's it's just there to be a thing in the episode. It's yeah. like, oh man, people are going to think this is crazy. Let's do this. This is the the. This is basically like a drive-by warping down. Yeah, and, and I want to note that hilariously, O'Brien is just not doing it. Yeah, Jordy is taking care of it. Yeah. I, I like to imagine that they went in there and O'Brien's like, "Oh, I'd I'd love to do that." And like, "No, no, get out of here." Yeah, this is important. We, we got shit to do. You just go wait in the corridor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Why do you hang back and stretch? The problem apparently with a uh, with a near warp transport is that for like a split second, you will be essentially in two places at once when you transport down. So you know. The, the humor's supposed to come from like oh we're gonna do this you know prepare yourselves for the effects and no time to explain to Troy what it is Troy's like what were you talking about I don't know what's going on but... and then uh, yep. she gets beamed down and she's like oh for a second I thought I was trapped in that wall and we're like, like you were for a moment you were and that's it but it doesn't make any sense because like really did that save them any meaningful amount of time at all not really you know like I mean they stop they do the transport and then they go to warp like during the transport essentially it's the it's time like, it saved the time where Picard had to say standard orbit Mr. Crusher and take us out of orbit Mr. Crusher. <laughs> Literally this maneuver saves them, you know, seconds. Yeah. And, you know, I, I find it difficult to believe that they that it in any way improved their uh, response time. No, but it seemed kinda neat. It seemed yeah. cool. <laughs> So, Dan, we go to Graves' planet, and Graves he World. is not happy to see the crew. And the crew's not really all that happy to see him, because he's kind of a prick. He totally <laughs> is. Now, I personally think that Ira Graves is very definitely based on Harlan Ellison, a uh, science, a noted science fiction writer who uh, has a history with Star Trek. He uh, wrote the uh, famous episode, The... Uh, City on the Edge of Forever. Correct. Uh, and I believe he wrote other Star Trek-related uh, yeah, stuff as stuff well. for sure. Um, Harlan Ellison... pretty bitter about it. It. Yeah, he wrote a lot of slash fake. <laughs> Harlan Ellison is kind of famously irascible. Oh man! And, uh, yeah, to like, put it mildly. Yeah, I uh, I, I so. have seen numerous uh, interviews with Harlan Ellison. I've heard numerous accounts of Harlan Ellison. I know someone who has worked closely with Harlan Ellison. All of these accounts paint a picture of a man who is ex- almost exactly Ira Graves of this episode. Thinks quite a lot of himself. Yeah, and, and given that, you know, Gene Roddenberry's history with Ellison, mm-hmm. it does seem like it's very likely put there intentionally to just kind of be a riff on him. But yet, there's no information about this anyway. Yeah, no, no. Like, it, it doesn't appear on Memory Alpha or anything But like this that, is but my personal theory. I, I wouldn't be surprised. They've and sprinkled in other bits, too. Like There's a, there's, there's some Hemingway in there, yeah, for sure, too. Like Papa. Yeah, because he, he, he wants to be referred to as Grandpa. Although, granted as well... He He's sort of the father of the the theories that uh, I can't remember. He's the now. father of Sung's work. Sung's work. Who? Uh, Wait, yeah, I just couldn't remember his name. Is yeah. he really, or is that just what he said? Well, uh, it's hard to say. Uh, he's it supposed seems to be, to be accepted be, that he yeah. is a genius in the field. Yeah, the, the notion was that he is the universe's greatest uh, authority on cybernetics. 
So, okay, so. given that, you know, e- even though this is our theory, let, let's say that this is essentially Harlan Ellison. Yeah. There, there's some strong evidence into that. Do you think Harlan Ellison watched this episode? Do you, do you think he, he was uh, slighted just... by it? I don't know. Because, like, I, I recently watched uh, The Big Chill, the movie The Big Chill. Yeah. And Tom Berenger's character in that movie is absolutely Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. You know, he is in a TV show that is totally Magnum P.I. He is Tom Selleck. And, you know, that was a big movie. So I have to wonder, was Tom Selleck? Yeah. D- d- he, he would have seen that movie. But he's like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it'd Same be hard kind of to thing. say with Ellison. Because would Ellison have watched Next Gen? He Harper? does hate television. Yeah. Like, a lot. Like, passionately. Uh, and, not, and not just because, you know, he feels that television has mangled his writing on so he's, many he's occasions. He's always considered it to be a low art form. Yeah. And, like, I mean, and he's made efforts to break into the medium and they've always gone kind of bad yeah that one show what, what was it called <laughs> the star lost star lost star lost yeah uh, Und- under his pseudonym Cordwainer bird yeah well he he switched it to that pseudonym after they mm. after like the star lost went wrong and like they lost their budget and everything and suddenly the show was going to be produced for Canadian television yeah uh, so yeah he uh, <laughs> he bailed on that one pretty quick but yeah so Harlan's history with television isn't isn't something that he's particularly fond of so I don't know it's entirely possible that he didn't see this episode and I don't know that at the time anyone would have brought it to his attention hard to say like how many people truly knew watching that episode back then it's like oh hey I bet that's Harlan Ellison I kind of feel like Gene Roddenberry would have like intentionally called him (laughs) up and said hey Harlan (laughs) you watch the next episode of my show Oh man, um, who knows? I, I would love to know, but uh, is Harlan Ellison even alive still? Yes, like, he I is. Think he's like he's not in good health though. No, he he's eighty years old, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, but yeah, he's still around. Yeah. Oh, in the book I was talking about earlier, uh, the Glass Teat mm-hmm. is his book about how awful television is. <laughs> and I'll lend that to you sometime. It's great. I, my <laughs> my very first experience of Harlan Ellison, aside from seeing him in interviews on uh, on uh, Prisoners of Gravity and not knowing who the mm. hell he was was uh, a video game version of his uh, short story I Have No Mouth But I Must Scream. Oh yeah. Okay. Just super weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so they're, they're on Graves World. Graves World. <laughs> and uh, Data immediately just kind of latches on to him and starts calling him Grandpa because well, he wants him to call him Grandpa. I think he more latches on to Data. Yeah. I mean, Data's just being It's polite. a mutual kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's super gross and, like, misogynistic and... Uh, but yes, his great line, women aren't people, they're women. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, it's, it's an awful <laughs> line. Like, obviously, in the mind of this character, he means it as a compliment because he hates people. Mm-hmm. So he sees women as something beyond people. Like, in his mind, women are better than people, they're women. But there's still a misogyny to that because it's he's always, you know, just looking at women as sexual objects as well. Like It's kind of idealized sexual objects, but yeah. it's still gross. Yeah, exactly. Very gross. Uh, and he looks kind of like Malcolm McDowell in Tank Girl, mm. which is also a problem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his performance is quite good. I, I'm not familiar with the actor. Yeah, I'm not very But, you know, he, he is good. He's very convincing uh, for the brief time that he is on screen. He's uh, three other appearances on Star Trek. Oh, does he? That's what memory alpha said anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're not raising the roof. We're not raising the roof. We're trying to raise your volume because you're speaking really, really soft. Sorry. Okay. So. Okay. 
so yeah. like what they're they're talking about how it, it turns out that uh, Cordwainer Bird here has, <laughs> has oh yeah he has some technology which will allow him to transfer his consciousness. Well, into, I, I was yeah. gonna say he has he this has disease. disease. Yeah, oh right, so he's Bernays. Bernays yeah. sauce yeah. disease. Yeah, Dornay. Dornay. I don't know. I don't know. Dornay's uh, disease days. or something like something that. Something like that. It sounds he, like Bernays sauce. I don't he know. ate too much hollandaise. Yeah, yeah. So he he is terminal and he will die too very shortly. Benny. Too many bennies. Yeah, Doctor Sailor basically in cold Vulcan fashion tells him, "Oh, you guess you're what, gonna bro? die. You got you got a week to live." Yeah, and so they're talking about they're they're talking with his his uh, young girl protege, which is you know, what? The whole yeah, thing. that's she's like she, the daughter. She's of basically his previous assistant. She's basically like yeah. a companion. Yeah, and then yeah. like doctor when that, when like she was the daughter of his previous assistant or something, and then like the assistant passed on and. Uh-huh. He essentially just adopted her. And it's very, very clear that he wants her badly, but it's creepy. he's way too old for her, so he she's also, not into that. Yeah, she, uh, she doesn't... There's some comedy when... Uh, she does. She asks if Worf is a Romulan? <laughs> and he's Worf like, could not be more pissed. Oh, yeah, man. He is, he's insulted. Yeah. Dr. Gar is like, oh, I've, I've been intentionally miseducating her for my own amusement. <laughs> essentially, yes. Uh, but so, like, the Deanna Troy is talking to... The girl whose name I never got, yeah. quite frankly. Kareem. She's good though. Kareem. Kareem. Yeah. Kareem. And she, she's a very good actress yeah. though. You know, she, she really sells all her emotions. Uh, the the dialogue between Deanna Troy and her is so weird though. It's like it's Deanna creepy. Troy for absolutely no reason at all. Just to, oh, by the way, oh, he's, he's got a huge boner for yeah, you. He's really you know attracted that, right? to you. Like, and and it's yeah. my second favorite moment in the episode because yeah. you know they're talking about that and then it cuts to Solar <laughs> and Worf. Looking so deeply disgusted and unimpressed, yeah. it's it's a beautiful reaction yeah. shot. It's pure disdain. Yeah, like she, she says something, and it's like, really? Are you? But well, I mean, I mean, I felt certain feelings from him, and like have felt certain feelings <laughs> for him. Yeah. And then as soon as she says that, the, the Vulcan, it back. Yeah. the Vulcan oh. and the Cleon have no time for like, this garbage. No. <laughs> Like, uh, I loved it. The looks on their faces, like, I, I want that on a t-shirt. Yeah. It's, it's glorious. Yeah. I wouldn't include a screenshot, except I don't have a Blu-ray drive in my computer, so I can't uh, take screenshots from the Blu-ray. I'll we'll see if we can find I'll one. I'll have to do it from like a DVD yeah. or something. Yeah, you've got the, the DVDs. Yeah. 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 It won't look quite as good, but... It's fine. It'll capture the essence of just their it's utter just shit us. look. It's beautiful. So while they're, yeah, while they're, like, staring daggers at those two, uh, <laughs> Graves and Data are having their own conversation. Often Graves is study essentially mm, Graves yeah. uh, tells Data he's like oh well you know, I'm gonna die but don't worry about it cause I perfected a technique to transfer my mind into this computer here see now is he saying he's gonna transfer it into the computer or mm-hmm. into the robot dog behind the computer oh, I wish it was the robot dog <laughs> that would be great uh, yeah he's got these weird sculptures all around his place one of them like when we first see him looks remarkably like the Iron Giant very right? much uh, which is coming back to theaters apparently oh, for nice. like it's 10th anniversary or I something that. so I'm super excited about that yeah yeah. But yeah, I, I I really like the idea of uh, Mr. Bird in the in the robot, in the dog. robot dog. Yeah, yeah. Just being really creepy and sexually Mark, aggressive. Mark. They could have they could have kept him around for the rest of the season. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, he could have been the K9 of TNG. Oh jeez. He would have been humping everyone's leg though. <laughs> yeah, so essentially, yeah. Like, again, a missed no room for that in the cast, if not so quite on the level of the Commander. Right. Just here. call him Horn Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Time to be down. Come, horn dog. <laughs> Awful. Awful. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, make it so. So then it occurs to Graves, you know, uh, while they're talking death, Data's like, oh, well, you know, I have this off switch that essentially renders me dead, which is weird because Data in previous episode, like in the previous episode talking about his off switch was like, you know, I, like when he was talking to it about, talking yeah. about it with uh, Dr. Crusher, he's like, I don't tell people about yeah, it. Yeah, this is a secret, yo. Yeah, don't tell anyone about it because, yeah. And... But then there was another episode where apparently it just became, you know, like, he, I guess they had just, he just decided that actually, no, fuck it, people can know about my off switch. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, most notably, it comes up a couple episodes from now in Measure of a Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all just very weird. Very like dramatically. It's, it's not very consistent mm-hmm. about uh, the secrecy of this thing. Well, uh, but uh, in this case, it probably wasn't a good move to tell Graves about it, because Graves <laughs> is like, Graves... Oh, really? <laughs> exactly. He strokes his beard, which makes him appear as an intellectual. Yeah. 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 Um, Does it not make him appear more thoughtful? Yeah. And then cut to back no, to... No, no, no. So, <laughs> Graves is like, hmm, I've got this technique where I can transfer my mind into, the, into a computer. Oh, you're you have an off button, eh? Yeah. And you're and a then, walking computer. Then cue the spinning screen with the bat symbol. Cutting no, Data bursts into the other room where everyone else like, is waiting. Oh, he died! He's like, bad news, guys. Graves is dead. <laughs> he totally died. It's, yeah. it's too late. We, we can't take him on the Enterprise. He's already gone. Yep. He's already dead. Drag. He died yep. in my arms. Sorry, guys. So then they, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he speaks it way more melodramatically than Data ever would have. Like, our, yeah. in a, like the yes. very first clue. You know, it's just like, Ivor Graves is dead. It's 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 Kirkian. You know, it's, it's kind of beautiful. Oh. Uh, and then, then we get the funeral speech. <laughs> Needless to say, uh, yeah, Data no, immediately stops acting like Data. And, it's so painful. And like for a genius, Ira Graves sure isn't very good at pretending to be Data so that nobody catches on. He doesn't think he's really interested in hiding. And it's, uh, you know, in, in terms of the reception of this episode, again, on, on Memory Alpha, uh, the executive producer of the episode is uh, quoted as calling it some science fiction bullshit. Yes. Because, because of the way Data acts and how damaging it is to him as a character. Yeah, it is and it really is it is physically hard to watch Ugh. Data doing this stuff like it is because he's gross he is like you feel dirty watching it and listening to it like and like oh it just makes my skin crawl listening to uh, Data you know just, try to mac just, on Kareen uh, just act out of character yeah, oh. yeah and, and he, like kudos to Brent Spiner because he really sells it yeah but it's really disquieting uh, so <laughs> cut to the funeral <laughs> they throw a funeral for for uh, Cordwainer here they put him uh, in a, they put him in a in a, um, in a torpedo torpedo tube and cover him in sequins which is beautiful you can see his face so which is a bit weird yeah and he's wearing like, yeah that, that a death sequin shroud. snuggie yeah oh, death snuggie so weird and Dana gives a eulogy uh, <laughs> yeah Just to know him is to love him and to not know him is to, to love, love him, him. From, from afar, afar to love him is to know him and, and finally uh, Picard cuts him on like okay you're done he's like I'm it's, almost done sir no you no, are no, no, you, you are, are done, done. Jordy <laughs> <laughs> two to beam into space <laughs> Yeah. It's like the horse yeah. painting. Now, I want to talk about this a little <laughs> bit here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just <laughs> stepping out of the episode itself 
a bit and just into the Star Trek universe in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm concerned about this uh, about this habit of just dropping coffins into outer space to just float around forever. I feel like that has the potential to violate the Prime Directive. Well, they seem well, to only do it with really special people, right? Do we even know? Do we not know that? Really significant. Do we know that a torpedo is not just set to destruct in like a day? No, we don't. Know. We don't and, know and that. We have but, seen uh, in previous episodes where they just send it into like a sun or something. Mm, right? Yeah. Or, but the, yeah, or the yeah. Genesis planet, I guess. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, that was an accident, though. That like, was they, an accident. they jettisoned him, and then he accidentally got caught in the gravity well of the now-forming Genesis planet. Well, that was just sloppy, though. Yeah, of course. But uh, what I'm getting at is... the bad is, old days. If this yeah. is, uh, if this is this like, is standard... Gen you know trick procedure you know where they're like oh you know jettison jettison the body you know what's gonna happen like is it just like a ton of bodies just floating around in space nah I bet they would yeah I mean it is a torpedo so I have to imagine that they are setting it to destruct somewhere. I bet or they Or sending it to a location. You're right, though. The idea of, like, you know, some he dead... He didn't appear to be no, on, on course for anything. Like, he was literally revolving. Out. yeah. Yeah, but, you know, they wouldn't want to fire it at some system in case something happens or launch it just off into any yeah. random trajectory because it might hit something. You're right. Yeah, so, like, but, I mean, that being the case, like, why bother with a... Uh, I bet it's, like... a torpedo tube at all, you know? Like, they could... Like, I mean, they could easily just, you know, when they transport the tube out into space, they, there's no reason... That they have to have it reconstitute into matter. They can just scatter that energy across yeah, the cosmos. Well, like, it seems a little Viking funeral to just shoot them out there and like have it just dematerialize. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I, I would I would prefer that over my my frozen corpse just tumbling through space. Not everyone though. Well, and, maybe and they the had. Is, maybe he had a will which requested how he be left. <laughs> he, he could no. very well. That yeah. that does seem like him. Would be but in then, keeping. You yeah. know. Like, the, the idea is that it comes from the naval tradition of you drop the coffin into the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, it is clearly from that tradition. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you see it in plenty of other sci-fi as well, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do it in Starship Troopers. They did it in Space Above and Beyond. But, of course, they, they, they all copied it from Trek. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Which copied it from the Navy. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I get it. It just seems to me it's like, you know, what happens if one of these things, like, soft lands on some planet and suddenly it's like, oh, God, look, you know, like, what would happen if Yeah, an alien coffin crashed in there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, what would happen if tomorrow suddenly, like, an alien coffin crash landed out in, like, the prairies or something and everyone's like, oh, shit. I like the idea of the torpedoes just made of, like, like that biodegradable, like, corn plastic. So it lasts maybe, like, an hour before dissolving. What would would biodegrade it in space, though? Like, I guess... Cosmic rays or vacuum. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 prefer, Gamma I radiation. prefer the idea of it uh, of it <laughs> detonating at some point. But that also begs the question. You know, I mean, like torpedoes are pretty uh, pretty heavy duty. You know, what happens if someone gets their hands on the torpedo and disarms it before it uh, detonates? Now they have a photon torpedo. Uh, I don't. You don't have to actually put a full charge in it, though. Sure, sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's really if they're if they're going to detonate it anyways, it seems to me like they should just go with like cremation or something or yeah. or just you know, use the transporter to, you know, just drop their energy into the uh, into the energy reserves of the ship. Yeah, you don't want to put a dead body on the transporter platform, though. That's gross. Yeah. What do you think? How do you, what do you think the, what do you think, so assuming he did have a will and a request as to how he wanted to die, what do you think the different crew members and cast members would do? What would be their, their oh. funeral requests? Uh, Riker, I imagine, would want just to. bury him on rise. <laughs> yeah, certainly. But I think he would want to be, like, immortalized forever on, like, a bottle of rum, on, like, a, a, a rum brand. Brand, like perhaps with his <laughs> with his leg up 
on something. So, and and I think he would want the temporal prime directive breached in order to have that just splashed back across time and space. <laughs> Essentially, what I'm getting at is when Riker dies, he will become Captain Morgan. You don't have to, oh, yeah. like okay. everybody's got to know about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. He'd probably just want to be like you know, like taxidermied, you know, and and left on Riza as, as. I just want, yeah. I just think he just want to be freeze dried or like he cremated and then turned into Horgons. I, I was thinking like he would just want his whole body preserved and sent to Riza to be used as like a sex toy <laughs> for the rest of eternity. <laughs> Corpse based sex toy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he's he, some people are into that. Yeah, you All know, right, like yeah. he, he's like, well, you see, I hear that you know the body can maintain an erection for hours after. Uh, death so Post- how about uh you po- guys just uh carbon freeze me and uh and we know riker's a really open-minded dude yeah yeah just send me to rise and let po- people post- do post- what they will post-mortem erection i believe there's a cannibal corpse song of that time <laughs> yeah so you know basically riker probably wouldn't want to rob future generations of his you know sexual prowess so yeah. he would just send himself to Rise, and anyone who wants a wants an evening with Riker can have an evening yeah, well, with he, Riker. He is a philanthropist like that. Yeah, yeah, very giving, very <laughs> subtless. You really could say that to know him would have been to love him. <laughs> Biblically, yes. uh, yeah. in the biblical Indeed. sense, <laughs> quite. Wow. All right, so uh, Picard. Um, I, I got nothing for anybody else. I just wanted to ask. Oh, I, I yeah, think no, Picard, we got to talk Riker. I, I'm, I'm thinking uh, Picard would get uh, cremated and then uh, stored in one of them Curlin Neskers. You know, I, the, I'm going to say nesting doll thing that that uh, archaeologist gives him. Um, oh, I'm going to say yeah. scattered in. Uh, French wine orchards. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. yeah. He could have his ashes sprinkled over the Picard family uh, vineyard. Or, or everybody you know, else would just request something really wholesome and boring. Yeah, yeah. Because as I was saying when we were watching this episode, when we have you know uh, the upcoming speech uh, a- after Data's ridiculous speech, we have uh, Wesley talking to him about how <laughs> ludicrous his speech was, and it's it's kind of cute. You know, he's talking to him Wesley's very right. sarcastically, yeah. like to know him is to know is yeah. to love okay. him is to, to know, know him. him. Come on, Data, which is great he's very right yeah, yeah. and data's like oh that that was a you literary... don't understand because you're too young yeah that was literary composition at his highest level yeah oh that's right <laughs> but you know it's it's a true thing about almost all of the cast of this show other than Riker or guest stars is that everyone is as wholesome as an 80s Saturday morning cartoon oh character. yeah that's part of what makes the show fantastic it is though. it really is but like they're they're all so incredibly scrubbed and wholesome like they, they could fit right into an episode of Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, that's totally true. Not I mean, uh, for sure, Riker notwithstanding. Mm. But uh, yeah, R- Riker is a lot more freewheeling than the rest, yeah. which is why we love him. Yeah, and jo- Jordy will be forever the guy looking, you know, wants a girlfriend desperately oh. but never, never get one. <laughs> he, he's he's the <laughs> nice guy. He, he's oh. a nice guy. Speaking of Jordy, though, and just getting off track for just a second here, um, <laughs> we've never been. On track. <laughs> the first, the beginning of this episode was ten minutes on beards. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Necessarily. So, he, yeah. Here's another thing that has oh, yeah. nothing to do with the episode. Please, please. Um, Reading Rainbow has just been acquired by Netflix. Oh, Netflix really? is going to be uh, is going to be adding Reading Rainbow to their uh, like the, the original series. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So Reading good, Rainbow good is coming to Netflix yeah, uh, in like August, I believe. Good shit. So you know, long after this episode, uh, <laughs> or long before this episode airs, 
spoilers because this episode's not going to come out uh, for a long time. Because hopefully not a super long, long time, but you know, yeah, long. there it is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's too much behind the curtain. Ah. Uh, I'll edit this out. <laughs> so you know, uh, at, at this point, the mask is really starting to slip. Obviously, yes. Uh, Wesley is seeing the cracks, so everyone's seeing the cracks. And then Dick. Picard brings Kareen out on the bridge, and shit gets real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Data has a jealous fit. Yeah, he's like, I don't like this hypocrisy. I wish they would just admit it. Admit what, Mr. D? That your uh, feelings for Kareen are more than just, are, are Less beyond, than wholesome. Yeah, anything but wholesome, yeah. You know, aren't just professional. Yeah. What? And so he, he calls Data to his ready room to have a have a little chat. Yeah. yeah. You in my office now. Although none of them have quite clued in that he's not Data anymore. Which is... And it takes a really long time for anyone to figure it out. Yeah. Well, otherwise the episode would have been over in 20 minutes. It's true. Like, like I mean, the original they had idea to for do the episode that way, was that they knew it beforehand, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird because, like, I mean, it should be obvious, like, instantly to everybody. Because he's like, clearly not Data. Yeah, it's like, wow, Data, you're using contractions, and... You're acting nothing like yourself immediately after meeting the, yeah, the as you said, the foremost cyberneticist in, in the, the galaxy. galaxy. Who was near death and was planning to transfer his, his consciousness mind into a computer. There can be no correlation. It's probably fine. It's probably nothing. How, how could we guess? Why are you jumping to conclusions like that? It's not a deal. Uh, but they, they are noticing that he's being weird, so Picard talks to Jordy about it and, he sa- and Jordy's theory is that being close to the experience of uh, Cordwainer's death yeah. is that you know he is like a catalyst he's the closest thing Data had to a living relative yeah and yeah, Data is, wants yeah. to be human so bad he can taste it sometimes oh, yeah. and I think yeah. like this is just when his human side comes out he gets confused and he just really wants to taste a human yeah, he just <laughs> wants to taste a human they look delicious he wants they to really do <laughs> he wants to cook for 40 humans. <laughs> How to cook 40 humans. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were going to eat them. <laughs> so, I, I don't even, Like, at this point, it kind of gets hazy. What even happened after that? Oh, Between uh, well, the and, actual discovery and... Well, oh, right. Yeah. He sends Worf to spy on him in yeah, 10 Yeah, in forward. 10 Forward, where he's revealing right. to... <laughs> Kareen that uh, no, you know it's me and just uh, like what are you doing god it's creepy yeah and then he like fractures her hand while he's holding it because you're because hurting me yeah he's upset because she for like like for some reason she's just not okay with the idea of having her brain transferred into a uh, robot body well he he's all down with the idea that if he's... only he had offered her an Adrian Barbobot <clears throat> yeah my indestructible army of Adrian Barbobots I suppose that you know the compelling thing for him is obviously he's transcended mortality. Yeah, he feels yeah. You, know, you know, but he, he thinks he's pretty great, so he'll be able to continue his work and indefinitely, more or less. Yeah, he's like, oh man, think of all the discoveries I'll make over the next thousand years. But he's unstable. Is he's very unstable, and you know, it seems like as a character he has gone off the rails already. Like yeah. he's not really capable of making any forward momentum in any of his theories at this point because he has just lost that capability. Yeah. It, it seems like, you know, because of the disease he had was a neurological disorder, which affects the mind, you know, they're saying, like, you can expect even more erratic behavior as it progresses, that the fact that he transferred his brain, like, you know, his brain into data, like, the disease doesn't go with it, obviously, 
obviously, you know, because it's a positronic brain. But it's he's transferring his already damaged psyche over into data. Like his brain is already not functioning the way it's supposed to, and he transfers that version into data. So that, here's here's the thing. Just kind of going back a little bit, actually, mm-hmm. but it's it's not something that's addressed in the episode. But you know, he transfers his uh, thoughts into data because he has that open opportunity. Uh-huh. And then what does he kill himself? Does he have data's body? I don't know. End um, his life? Or does the process kill I him? I think the process kills the him. The process kills him? Yeah, like maybe having his brain, you know, scanned but it's and... it's like his consciousness, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, we don't know what... Don't know. I, I think they left that... Uh... I like the idea of him transferring himself into Data and then just having Data just snap his neck. Or having but, a... But uh... I think the autopsy... <laughs> I think, like, the doctor was like, oh, yeah. Oh, you think there's... They brought you, think the there's a, board. you know, stopping his heart with... You, know, you think you think yeah. can do you things. think the mind transfer finishes and then he has a prestige moment where he's staring oh, him yeah. as him as yeah. data is staring at his himself yeah yeah I like that Could he be. has to kill himself he has exactly to murder he, so he has to I, die and yeah. it's cool that they've left that up to us yeah you know because we don't get to see what happens so I mean who knows they really could have got into but, that uh, yeah great. my assumption was that the procedure is fatal like you know he I yeah. like the prestige moment better yeah no I like that a lot yeah it's probably better I'm into that it's a much more interesting way to do it though it, like if I were to guess what the Star Trek writers would say mm-hmm. I think they I don't think they would that would not over. be in keeping with uh, yeah. no probably not but, like, universe view. just you know the, the fact that they did gloss it over and you know it's he's it's, it's a procedure that transfers his mind but it doesn't transfer his body or his bodily yeah. functions I thought so. you were going to say bodily fluids <laughs> precious we don't know fluids. that <laughs> it's true <laughs> we, we didn't see how the process Karim, took place I'm back. either I'm more full of piss and vinegar than ever <laughs> I'm full of piss and vinegar. At first, I was just, just full, full of vinegar. vinegar. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> so, Worf sees him storm out of ten forward after. <laughs> it should after, be noted breaking her hand. It should be noted noted that Worf just. just Watches casually while Data breaks this woman's wrist in two places. And, like, has this really weird, intense conversation. And then he's like, He's left in forward, Captain! So, like, Picard's good like, work. I'm gonna go take care of this personally. And uh, goes to uh, engineering where Data's just kind of hanging out on a railing. Just mm-hmm. He's you know. knocked out a bunch of people, including Jordy. He's like, I can hear you coming, Captain. My yeah, ears better are better ears. than the average dog's, you know. Yeah, now he's supposed to be scary. Yeah. Which he, he's not really capable of no. being. Uh, so Picard takes the very dangerous elevator up to uh, talk to Graves. And there's Jordy and random engineer uh, on unconscious on the floor mm-hmm. because Graves got angry. Like, they told me I couldn't be up here. They shouldn't have done that. I, I have to imagine it's, uh, what's his name? The guy who loves the transport, loves the... Barkley? Barkley? Oh, yeah, it's, it's probably Barkley. <laughs> Unconscious next to Jordy there. Poor probably. Barkley. He Poor needed Rockley. to get punched out. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. Mm. Uh, so Picard just confronts him physically because you know he's Picard, and he gets bitch slapped into unconsciousness. Of course, and that... wakes up uh, with Pulaski uh, examining him. Yeah, like no one ever wants to. No, that that, that would be rough. Well, you're glancing over the whole thing here. This is the discussion that yeah. the two of them have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're 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 glossing over Picard's you know very compelling speech, which finally gets to Graves, and after Graves knocks uh, Picard. Unconscious. He has a how many more accidents? 
uh, moment, and then he goes and he relinquishes control of Data. I think data. He, he finally realizes yeah. what he's doing mm-hmm. is, is and, wrong. But transfers and... himself into the ship's computer. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, they, and then they gloss over that. It's like, you know, I would be more concerned about, oh, great, so now he's the fucking ship. But they do kind of explain in the episode that none of the human element remains, only his... Well, I mean, that was the thing. Like, his that was what he was expecting. But he says that to Kareem. I didn't realize how much of myself I would retain, mm-hmm. you know? so. But I guess because Data is humanoid. May- maybe it's like copying a tape, you know? Like copying a copy. You just keep dubbing it. Yeah, know? exactly. Maybe it's not a digital transfer. Maybe he's analog. He's very You're analog! analog. <laughs> um. So they, they go to Data's quarters after uh, everyone wakes up. And Data is passed out on the floor. Mm-hmm. And... He is himself again. He's right. very clearly himself again. And, and they yeah, get a yeah. shot of the computer with that keeps flashing his Ira Graves, Ira Graves name and stats and stuff. And you know, and then we're done. And call him drunken Ira Graves. He won't answer anymore. That's an old Johnny Cash song. Oh. <laughs> it's actually Ira Hayes. Ira Hayes. So yeah, and that's that. Um, and they all learned a valuable lesson. Yeah. Don't, Did they? <laughs> don't transfer your brain into into Android. an Android. You turn into a psychotic dickhole. He kind of already was. Yeah. Picard's yeah. Picard's appeal to him more or less is that is more or less the androids are people to lie. Yeah. At least Data is. Yeah. Data is you know his own unique life form. His unique life form. Yeah. Although not yet. Like, that's true. That's coming up <coughs> that's, in a couple of episodes. That's three episodes away where we confirm that. Yeah. Picard, yeah. Picard does throw down a line that, like, does he say exactly? He's like, no... No being has the right yeah. to extend their life at the... Uh, at the expense of another. At the, yeah. yeah. Like, you've cheated. I was like, ooh. That's a real, that's a real PETA argument. Picard. <laughs> it is. Uh... And yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Other than we, we go back to the bridge and uh, Riker gets in a little jab. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh gosh, I hope I didn't do anything, you know, unbecoming of a Starfleet officer. And Riker's all like, uh, does wrestling a Klingon targ ring a bell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hilarious. Great Riker line. Quite like, oh yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's practically his only line Yeah, in the Riker was really not in this episode. He, it's he a shame there too, because his hair was so... It's magnificent. Like this this episode, Riker has almost a pompadour happening. It's an, this is it's crazy cone shaped one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's beautiful. Like, it's, it's like sweep and oh man, he's just, he's just warming up for next episode. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what do we rate this episode? What are what are you guys feeling? <sighs> I have really mixed feelings. I do too. I'm because I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give it a, uh, I don't know, like a two pips as a lieutenant, right? You came up with the rank system? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I didn't come up with the rank system. Star Trek came up with the rank system and we adopted it. Fine. I don't remember. I can't remember. I think it's two filled yeah. in pips is a full lieutenant. Uh, is a full lieutenant. Uh, so I think, I, I think I'll give it... Uh, Man, like, a, what's below lieutenant? Is it like junior lieutenant? Is it junior lieutenant? Ensign. Yeah, like garbage a, can. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch. I just don't. Well, you, you guys, like, what do you, what do you think? What do you got? Um, I want ensign. I hate this episode. I, I'm gonna rate it healthy as a regalian ox. Really <laughs> <laughs> was. Son of a bitch! I don't want to draw a regalian ox to put much to your rating on this. Do it. I, I don't know. It's 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 like I consider it outside of rating. There are things in it that really entertained me, 
but I would never call it a good episode. It's yeah. really bad. No. Yeah. I'm gonna so, go Regalian Ox. That's my answer. <laughs> I have to. I have to draw that now. You should. You should go date his beard. You, you can just say Regalian Ox. Um, just put the words. All right. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Lieutenant Junior Grade. I guess. All right. um, yeah. I just. No. 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 I'm gonna go Ensign. There you go. It's fair. I'm not in a forgiving mood today. And that's, that's fair. Because like I mean, the the rank system is pretty big. Like yeah. The thing about this one, I think we if we haven't covered this already. Just the main problems are just like there isn't a lot of good explanation for some of the ideas that are in there. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's really glaring too. Like yeah. it's, it's not something that you can just skate by. It's like, well, why didn't anyone notice this? Why why yeah. is yeah. this happening? And the stuff that's the best is the stuff they kind of glossed over. Like the speech between Graves and Corinne in Ten Forward when he breaks her wrist is has some of the best ideas in the episode. And mm-hmm. then Picard's speech with Graves at the end also is okay. Mm-hmm. The rest of it's basically crap. And they don't do a good job of getting to any of those scenes. And yeah. again, like we talked about before, just the missed the opportunities. Aw- the missed opportunities, because this could have been good. Just the awkwardness of the acting. And I know it's not like any of the the characters. Like I don't think it's really Brent Spiner's fault. It's really more the script not yeah. suiting the characters. Yes. Yeah. And it's unforgivable that they didn't give us data with the Picard. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, I want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> Alrighty, so yeah. you're an ensign, I'm an ensign, and you're a regalian Regalian ox. ox. Right. Just, again, <laughs> I think my formal recommendation would be watch the about, opening scene of the episode where Gators have the beard. Regalian ox shit. Ouch. No, no. Too harsh. Harsh. I, I have mixed feelings about the episode. I don't... All right. All right. So, yeah. there it is. Uh, next next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, it's uh, that episode about uh, about those kids that make you grow old with their... Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. That's Damn, I thought it was... Unnatural Selection. I yeah. thought it was Foreign Exchange Week. No, no, that's, no, the, that's, that's two the week weeks after. from now. Damn yeah, it. So, Unnatural Selection coming up next week. Uh, that's an episode. Yeah. Yes. It's a, I, that one I really don't remember, yeah. so I'm kind of looking forward to it. A lot of in that yeah, one, as I okay. recall. I'm so, looking forward to it. It's not great. Um, mm-hmm. But there it is. So, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Yep. And uh, pretty soon we'll be coming up on one of my favorite episodes, Measure of a Man. And the Blu-ray has the extended yes, version. Yes, it does. Yeah. We'll be watching the special extended nice. cut. Thank you for joining us here aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. I'm Foley. Jay. And we will catch you next time.